exclusive stories behind music that helped shape and change pop culture. With award-winning broadcaster and best-selling author Jesse Dillon and special guest Spencer Proffer, you are inside the music. This is Jesse Dillon, your coast-to-coast, worldwide, listening to Inside the Music. My guest today, Spencer Proffer. Early 80s, there was an interesting decade. Punk rock, Duran Duran, rock and roll. Some people today say rock and roll is dead, that we're not making good rock music. In fact, Gene Simmons says that all the time. But let me tell you this, whether you believe that or not, the 80s was a great decade for rock and roll. I was hosting a nationally syndicated morning show out of Toronto, Canada, which is the fifth largest radio market in North America. My partner and I, Jesse and Gene, were very bad boys. We were known as the bad boys of rock and roll. We actually had an offer to go coast to coast back then, before satellite radio, against Howard Stern. WNEW in New York wanted us to beat up on Howard Stern because he was killing it coast to coast, and they wanted us to do a classic rock show out of New York. At the same time, we had two songs that we started and finished our morning show with, ACDC Highway to Hell and Quiet Riot. Come on, feel the noise. The man behind that music is with me today. And Spencer, if I'm not mistaken, Spencer Proffer, the Quiet Riot video was really the first video that brought album cover life to, uh, to the world. Yeah, the, the whole Quiet Riot experience was a real interesting moment in time because I had just made a label deal to discover talent and use the CBS record system at the time, CBS, Columbia and Epic, were the you know, probably the most potent record company on the planet. They and Warner Brothers had, you know, I mean, CBS from Dylan to Streisand to Santana, Blood, Sweat and Tears, etc. And I had the good fortune of having made a deal to find talent and put it through the system. And I was driving, um, I was producing Eddie Money in the studio, making, trying to make a living as a creative guy, when I heard um, Soft Cell into Duran Duran, into Roxanne by the police, followed by an oldie called Come On, Feel the Noise, which was done by Slade in the early 70s. And I had met uh, the guys in Slade, Naughty Holder, when I had worked for Clive at CBS and gone to England to, uh, when we were signing Pink Floyd, I had drafted papers during the day and I'd hang out with Gilmore and Waters and go to rock and roll in the evening. And I heard Come On, Feel the Noise at a Slade concert, as well as Mama, We're All Crazy Now, and all this anthem participatory rock. And I thought, how cool was that? It invited the audience to get involved. So I'm driving in my car, I hear the song come out of the radio. I just made this uh, label deal with for my company, Pasha. And I said, holy you know, moly here. <laughs> I got to find a band to record this song because it will change the sound of rock radio because it wasn't there. Rock wasn't happening on radio at the time. It was, the, and the police were brilliant. I'm a huge Sing fan, but it's very passive music. And the thing I realized about the Slade song when I heard it, that was a participatory song. It jumped out of the radio, but it would invite you to sing along. So I you know, called everybody I knew and heard of a band playing the Country Club, which is a small club in Reseda. Me, you know, I was living in Benedict Canyon here in L.A., so I drove out to Reseda to see this band do and there were only six people in the audience and these guys were singing songs like bang your head and you know um party all night and slick black cadillac all these big big songs that had a lot of energy 
And I went up to them after their set, and I introduced myself. And you know, the leader of the band, Kevin Dubrow, said, "Hey, man, don't aren't you the guy that did this Tina Turner thing? Didn't you do Billy Thorpe?" The guy, the guy, you know, pretty smart guy. He had a pretty good sense of pop music. And I said, "Yeah, and I think you guys are great. I would love." to record you. I had a studio at the time called Pasha, and I would like to record you doing what you do, but the, the trade-off is I need you to do one song that fits within the sensibility of what you're doing. Kevin goes, what's that? I said, a song called Come On, Feel the Noise. And Kevin said, that poser band Slade, man, I don't want to do that, but his drummer really Great guy, fabulous drummer, Frankie Benelli says, Kevin, don't be stupid, man. You get get some studio time. Let's let's do this. So that was the deal. So two weekends later, I took him in the studio and we recorded four songs. Uh, I overdubbed all kinds of vocals so it would feel very live. And those are the first four songs that wound up being on the number one album, Mental Health. I called my pals at Epic, which were the label that was uh, overseeing the custom label division of CBS. And I said, okay, I have the first band that I want to bring to my company and bring to, you know, bring to the world through my deal. So I flew in, played them the first four songs on what was mental health, including Come On, Feel the Noise. And they started passing notes around to each other, man to man. They hated one track more than the next. And I was pulled outside by this really wonderful man named Tony Martell, who, you know, was was in charge of all the custom labels and he said Spencer we will pay you for the full album if you take this and take it away and don't put it through the system because we hate this we don't think it resembles anything that's going on in pop music today and I said Tony that's the very reason you should put it out because it will connect with kids and I had the same problem with Tina Turner on the Ask Queen album I had the same problem with my Billy Thorpe record it sounded like nothing that was on the radio and, you know I don't know. I just go through my life. You're either a sheep or a shepherd. And I like to try and lead rather than follow. But you know so, something, Spencer, the interesting thing about Quiet Riot Mental Health, not only were you, you know, were you a disruptive force before anybody really knew the popular term disruption, but Mental Health by Quiet Riot. And I remember this, man. I played it. I lived through it. We interviewed the group. Seven million units. It became one of the biggest you know, groundbreaking albums that brought hard rock to the masses. In fact, it was the biggest album, groundbreaking, that brought hard rock to the masses around the world. It was huge, bro. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, we actually, Thriller was the biggest record in the world at the time, and Cindy Lauper had just had Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And for us to get to number one in Billboard, the first heavy rock record to ever, even Zeppelin won, and Zeppelin's my favorite rock band of all time, Zeppelin and Floyd, but uh, Zeppelin got to number 10. So for us to get to number one on Billboard, even if it was for one week, it was a big deal. And we were able to go out on the road and we opened for Sabbath when Bang Your Head was our first single just to image the band right. And then when Come On, Feel the Noise came, we uh, opened for Loverboy to open up the demographic. And yeah, it exploded. We were doing a million records a week, you know, during its heyday. And uh and, you know, the video, <laughs> the funny thing, Jesse, is you're right. It was the first video to bring an album cover to life. And my concept was to have a guy bang his way out of a padded room 
Well, he had a mask on, so the mask kind of represented every kid. I didn't want to make it too, you know, too much like it was Kevin's face or an artist's face. I wanted to, to represent a culture. And he banged his way out. He saw flashing light. Poltergeist was out there, so he slid down a banner, and Poltergeist had beckoned him. And he slid down. He threw his mask into the audience. A kid caught the mask, and ultimately we merchandised a million masks, which was pretty good on the road. But... Um, that was kind of the sense of the album cover and come on feel the noise sequentially i took the kid from the video that caught the mask and i put him in a bed we put the mask behind his bed as a crucifix because of course we wanted america we want kids around the world to worship the mask because that's what heavy metal is is you know you know a feeling of you know exalting something and the come on feel the noise video had the mask vibrate against the wall and the band showed up while the kid who had caught it from the first video was sleeping and the band was inviting him to feel the noise and that video also went to number one on mtv but it was it was a journey because everybody had hated it at the label and i had to put a second mortgage on my house to put up the money to make the video i hired an out of work uh, commercial director to work with me on it and I, you know, I sent it to the label. They weren't interested because we weren't, you know, we'd only been in, I think, six or seven markets at the time. So fortunately, I had a buddy at MTV Networks, Les Garland, sent it to him. He was the head of programming. He put the video on at three in the morning. And the video wound up going to number one within like two days. Uh, most requested video to be seen. They moved the rotation up. The song had exploded in five markets, KTXQ in Dallas, KZAP in Sacramento. And a bunch of stations that had played the Thorpe record had given me a shot with, with Bang Your Head. And all of that led into this thing exploding. So you're right. But believe me, it wasn't an overnight success. The lady who is my general manager, Carol Peters, who is a brilliant marketing and business strategist, and I just hammered away and before you knew it, once we hit 400,000 you know, units, the people at CBS were my best friends. Oh, bro, yeah, we love that, man. We've always loved that record from the day we heard it. They forgot the fact that they kicked me out and, and tried to you know, buy me out of it. So that's the kind of magic of sticking to your guns and following your dreams. You are inside the music coast to coast with me, Jesse Dillon, my guest today, Spencer Proper. And it's very important and legally binding that you now turn up your speakers as loud as they will possibly go. That's a law, in fact. Quiet riot. Come on, feel the noise inside the music. <laughs> 